This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Championship points for world number one Novak Djokovic. 40 love. Djokovic serves down the tee. This stretch, short ball drifts over. Djokovic comes into the corner, and there it is. Game, set, and championship match. Arms aloft and a smile on the face from Novak Djokovic. It's his fifth title in Paris. It's his 77th career title. It's his 34th at Masters level. He's battled ill health this week in Paris, Novak Djokovic, but he reigns supreme once again. First title here since 2015. Now he roars to the crowd. It is job done in an hour and five minutes. Straight sets over Denis Shapovalov. 6-3, 6-4. Novak Djokovic reigns supreme again, comfortable on the indoor courts in Bercy, title number five in Paris, five for 2019, and probably most importantly, the race to be year-end number one is still alive. Hello and welcome to the ATP Tennis Radio podcast. Gigi Salmon alongside Miles McLagan. And Miles, Novak Djokovic, even when not 100% fit, suffering with sinusitis, he still manages to come through to claim yet another Masters title, and he does so without dropping a set. Made it look easy, didn't he? Yes, wasn't wasn't at the, the peak of uh, fitness, but those last three matches, there was a sticky patch against Dimitrov, but really did roll through, um, faced just the one break point from the quarterfinals onwards. And, you know, today especially, it was a Shapovalov talked about it being just another match. I think Djokovic showed him that that wasn't the case. And we talk about it with the guys, the, the Novak Djokovic, the Rafa Nadal, the Roger Federer. The numbers we are talking now are quite ridiculous. Just for Djokovic alone, that's 77 titles. That was his 50th Masters final. He's now one behind Nadal in terms of Masters titles, one at, at 34. But it does feel that crucially for him, it's about this race to be year-end number one because he gets another one he joins is it Pete Sampras he gets another one he's on his own in terms of how many year-end number ones he has it's a really big deal and you know these guys are all looking at different ways to to leave their mark in the game create a history have their name um you know at the top of whatever leaderboard it is for for a long long time and you know we we, we thought when Sampras did it that no one was going to overtake the the 14 grand slams can't imagine that these records are going to be overtaken in, in the near future and even more remarkable that they're playing at the same time but that year end number one is an accumulation of of you know all the weeks in the year that have gone into that point so a final push from from Djokovic and, and Nadal uh, as well in uh, in London will be I think it's going to be great to watch because of course they want to win as many titles as possible you never want to lose the competitive streak in you but he has spoken hasn't he Novak Djokovic that it's it's about records now certain things he's chasing he wants to peak he wants to peak earlier for Roland Garros that didn't work out he, he's won all the masters he's got the golden set of masters so it's it's the next thing that he can chase so in years to come when you have the conversation about the greatest of all time he wants to figure very very highly in that conversation 
There's no doubt about it, and I think he's. I think he's talked about it. And some of the others are maybe a little more subtle about it. But listen, they're, they're competitors out there. They're trying to test themselves. You know, they've all won uh, all the Grand Slams. So you know, it's it's not about winning another Grand Slam. I mean, that's a huge achievement in itself. But it is about uh, the record books, about being better than your um, your rivals, which is you know what they do on a day in day out basis, and what they're trying to do over the year and over their career. So you know, they're, they're challenge they they put an awful lot of work into it and it's well i mean it's it's remarkable that that federer we, i mean we didn't think his grand slams were going to be chased down he, he raced away with you know he early lead on the on the masters 1000 events but um, quickly reeled in by by nadal and Djokovic. and plenty positives for denis Shapovalov. It, it wasn't the final we expected no disrespect to the canadian we thought it would have been rafa nadal who had to withdraw injured but look Shapovalov ends the year 15th in the world in those live rankings. He's not going to take part in next gen. He'll be back for the Davis Cup finals. The partnership with Mikhail Eugenie seems to be working really, really well. They've settled in since their trial at Winston-Salem. And a couple of weeks ago, he won his first tour title in Stockholm. 20 years old, he finished at 15 in the world. That, that is remarkable. He's a huge talent. And, you know, absolutely, um, with uh, Mikhail Yuzny, it's going to be interesting to see what develops. I think sometimes the early days, it's, it's, it's the honeymoon, isn't it? You sort of, oh, yeah, that's great. See what the coach says. And, and You're listening in the early days. <laughs> <laughs> you say that with a, a knowing look. <laughs> it's not that you don't end up listening as the years go by. But I imagine if you get a new coach, you want to, if you work with someone new, they want to impress you as much mm. as you want to impress them Ab absolutely and, and, there, and there will be a few new ideas but you know six months in it's well I've heard that and it might not always work because there's no sort of magic tactic that someone's going to come in and, and, and tell any player and they're going to be un, you know, undefeatable so you know will he continue to work in those uh, on the things that Yuzny suggests for over a long period or, or any other coach uh, I think that'll be the test he's got so much game to work with I mean it's such a big game I just think temporary tempering it at times is, is going to be the way forward you know in the same way that for, for me Stan Wawrinka Dominic Team, and and going back further Robin Sodling they, they had such big games it wasn't about the offensive game getting better it's about, about tempering the power and, and, and being a little more consistent when that A game's not there so if Shepovalov and it, there were signs that he certainly did that he was just outclassed uh, in, in that final against Djokovic it's not long after the final since Novak Djokovic has lifted that tree of fanti that has all the names carved in it from everybody who was in the, the main draw the singles draw for this competition but I'm going to keep Miles with me a little bit longer because later in the podcast we're going to be looking ahead to the the final two weeks of the season with the next gen finals and the nito atp finals but having just talked about Mikhail, usually what we like to do at the end of a masters is bring you some of the the best bits of the people that we hear from now you can go to the tune in app you've got the atp tennis radio exclusives channel there you get all our interviews in full there's some really interesting stuff that we have compiled and and picked up through the year and through all the tournaments that we've been covering now for us in Paris has been Rebecca Adams. She spoke to a real different mix of people, but among them was the man that we've just been talking about, the new coach of Denis Shapovalov, the former world number eight, Mikhail Yuzhny. Well, Mikhail Yuzhny has just stepped off court one here. You've been having a hit. How does it feel to be back on the court? It's fine, actually. I'm always on court, but it's another level, but I, enjoy, I still enjoy to play. And when you're coaching Dennis, I guess it's, it's an advantage for you because you've played so many of his opponents now. Is that the case? 
It's tough to say. I try to watch from in our side now. Yes, I play against his players, but it's I play now. I have different game, not like Denis. Denis has a, <laughs> I can say, much better game right now. So and he's lefty. He has more. Sometimes it's more advantage before now players with whom I'm playing. So it's uh, I I try to try to not pushing like I play. I try to help him in his game. Since you two started working together, his his rise has been quite dramatic, really. What have you taught him? How has he benefited from from being coached by you? Do you think? Uh, so it's tough questions because uh, before I'm coming, he also has the great results and he was already top 20. He played already the semi-finals of Master Series, so like he played fourth round of Grand Slam. So he's a great players. Yeah, now it's like uh, I I've been not too long with him. We've been only in US. You use open Winston Salim and uh, practice a little bit after you open so and after I cannot be with him all Asia trip and Stockholm but I come in Vienna and now in Paris so it's uh, I think li- right now maybe a little bit emotion. As you said, you know he's always had the ability and the talent, but how do you turn that talent into into tangible results? You know, I tell you again, he's the he has a great game and when he play well, it's very tough opponent to play against him. And it's not like I coming, I say some magic word and he start to play. No, it's, this guy, I tell you already, he play well. And before I'm coming, I hope maybe in the future he be a little bit more consistent, his results, but he's still 20, don't forget about that. So you're going to instill a military-style discipline into him, do you think? No, it's not military-style, it's not discipline. I mean, the, it's... Uh, Quite organization questions. Uh, if he, if he want to be great players, if he want to be really top, he must organize by himself, not only on court, outside of court as well. So I, I just can suggest him what I think about that and nothing more. You said you're looking at things from a, a different perspective now. You only retired from from playing on the tour full time last year. Has it been difficult to make that transition from player to coach? Uh, I don't know why, but for me no, and because yeah, I'm retiring last year, but it's it was time to retiring for me. I, uh, I feel like this one, but I'm not tired about the tennis. I'm just uh, retiring because uh, you know I cannot uh, be hundred percent already on court when I play. And when I play, I need to be hundred percent to try to get the good results. So it's not questions to play good tennis. The questions to to make the good results what I want to make. And when I understand, like my mind already far away from the tennis court when I'm on the tournament so I try to result but I'm not tired about the tennis that's why for me it's not tough and I enjoy what I'm doing now You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast available on iTunes Spotify TuneIn and ATPTour.com Joining me here in the Play Lounge in front of a big pile of Haribo sweets is Goran Ivanisevic who is here of course coaching Novak Djokovic Goran something you know about is pressure having been a player yourself having won Wimbledon as well um how is the pressure different to being here in a coaching capacity do you feel it as well you always feel a little doesn't matter if you coach uh, number one player in the world or number 50 player in the world it's always a thing that as a coach you know you want to see your player doing well that uh, work you do you know is showing on the court and uh, and actually, it's easier to be a player because you can get your frustration out on the court. You can scream, yell, and as a coach, you have to sit there and, and bring the nice face, happy face, positive face, and uh, hopefully your player does well. 
How many moments have you had when you just wanted to scream but you couldn't? Wow, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And uh, but you know all these cameras there, and and uh, but a lot. But I do after. <laughs> and I guess your player is looking to you for reassurance as well. When when he's feeling frustrated and like he wants to have an outburst, he's probably probably looking to the box to have, you know, someone looking at him and, and to calm him down. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, sometimes they look at you. They asking for you know not help but you know solutions uh, you're not allowed to coach and uh, but you know can tell him something you know like you know, a little bit a uh, little bit positive face a little, little come on uh, can help a lot and how hard is your job working with someone who is so talented and you know who has so much expectation on his shoulders Actually, for me, it's a great honor and privilege to work with such a player who is a perfectionist, who wants to be better every day, who needs to be better every day. As a number one, you need to prove yourself. It's an individual sport. Everybody wants to beat you. And uh, it's great also working with uh, Marian Vaida, who is his... Uh, Marian is the easiest and nicest person. Uh, and, and also, you know, we are combining very well together but you know Novak, I understand him also a little better because we are coming from the, you know, there was one country before, and the same mentality, Balkan mentality. So I, sometimes I understand things that he's gonna do before even he does it. So it's a little bit easier for me. And you met him, didn't you, when he was just a youngster? So you've you've known about him for quite a long time. I met him and actually I played with him and he was 14 and a half in the Niki Pilic Academy when Niki told me, listen, he is the one kid from Serbia he's going to be number one player in the world and many years after he became and you know it's it's, it's really uh, like I said it's a great honor to be in his team and uh, uh, he's communicating unbelievable you know he's asking uh, he's uh, talking uh, he wants to be better you can see he wants to improve and uh, it's very easy it makes my job very easy then how can he get better it's always you can, uh, like I said, he's number one. Okay, on Monday he's not going to be number one, but uh, still, you know, these people they they need to be better every day. He needs to, they need to improve. There is always some little things they want to improve. And they think they they have space, and and uh, so that's uh, my job is there to you know to tell him to 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 agree with him or disagree to have my opinions and and uh, you know and it's 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 little things but little things can make uh, one huge thing you know do you ever have disagreements do you ever give advice and it's maybe not what he wants to hear or generally are you uh, you know it's always uh, it's uh, i mean opinions sometimes i have my opinion sometimes yes his opinion to, I give him, uh, he asks me what I think, I tell him what I think, uh, you know, I always see, you know, from behind you see a little better, you know, but then how he feels, I don't know, you know, so, and he, like I say, he wants everything to be perfect, and he feels the ball and something, you know, he's not happy, and that's why he's number one, you know, he cannot be number one just, you know, to take uh, things careless, so, you know, he, you know, that's why... Those guys, him, Nadal, Federer, you know, they dominated in tennis and, and that's why they, they push each other to be better. And uh, I don't know if we're ever going to beat three players like that uh, dominating in tennis and, and with so many Grand Slams.
Yeah, we're so lucky to see that and so lucky that we've had them on the scene for so long. And I guess as a coach, that makes your job even more crucial because you need to keep Novak fit. You need to keep him motivated. And in terms of the goals you set him, do, you, do, do they change throughout the year or do you sit down at the start of the year and say, right, this is what we want to achieve? Or is it a week by week thing? Actually, he set his goals. We are here to help him. We are here to make his goals possible to happen and and make him easier but he's the one I can't help him when he's on the court my job finishing when he's entering from the locker room to the he's there alone I can uh, you know support him I can be my best behavior but he's there making decision and choosing the shots but you know, sure he has his goals he set up his goals probably when he was a young kid and uh, uh, he wants to be uh, the best tennis player ever. If he's ever going to be best tennis player, it's tough, you know. Uh, when you ask if who is better football player, Ronaldo or Messi, somebody, some people like Messi, some people like Ronaldo. <laughs> who is going to be the biggest from three of them? I don't know. But for sure, some records, they're still going to be broken. There's still going to be some Grand Slams record broken. And uh, hopefully, uh, Novak is going to be one of them. On iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and ATPTour.com, this is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. I'm here with Julia Tsitsipas, who is a familiar face courtside cheering on son Stefanos. Julia, this has been a fantastic week for you so far. Yes, I think uh, Stefanos, he reached his uh, top condition. He's playing really progressive tennis attacking, staying uh, in between the points, very aggressive, footwork. I like it. I really enjoy it. How do you feel when you're watching him? Obviously, you're proud, but do you get nervous as well? At some point. When I see he cannot use his uh, break points, you know, or he's, uh, like, um, down for a while, then I become a small... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, issue. That's true. And you come from a, a tennis-playing family, of course. The whole family is here. What's that like, travelling together and eating well, together, sleeping yes. in the same places? Well, yes, it's a big responsibility because you have to organise it. You know, you have to think about every member of the family. And, of course, before London, you have a break after Paris. Will you go back to Greece? Will you rest? Or does the work continue? Well, me personally, as a mom of four kids, I will go back to Muratoglu Academy because there where the kids go to school. So the routine, back to routine. Um, later, I will join Stefanos for London. That's life. And for you, because we see we see Apostolos hitting with, with Steph. And, and for you, what do you do pre-match to, to prepare him? I see what the mood he has. I ask him a few innocent questions, you know. But uh, be- behind these questions, there are usually some deep meanings. <laughs> And does he ever say, Mom, just leave me alone? Sometimes, but usually uh, the translation of this is, Mom, stay next to me. So you're a huge support, clearly. And in terms of the year he's had, it's been just incredible, hasn't it? Except the summer. The summer season, we uh, we missed it completely. But it's, I'm glad he recovered. I'm glad first that he recovered mentally and physical condition is good enough. So that's how you see Stefanos today. But last year when he won the next-gen finals in Paris, he was very close to qualifying for London at that point, and now he's qualified with so many tournaments to spare. Could you have imagined that he would have done so well this year? Uh, yes, because we made a um, fantastic preparation. 
The result of this preparation was shown at Melbourne Center Court. Uh, and um, next gen uh, Milano was very tough. I can tell you it was one of his toughest victory. And of course, when you gain this kind of uh, confidence, you can go big. And what is it like when you get back to Greece? Uh, is he recognized everywhere he goes? Are you recognized? He, he is, of course he is. And of course he has part of it is a big joy. But sometimes when it comes to a terms, he wants to stay more incognito, you know. He stays home. He doesn't go out simply. He orders food through applications, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I think he feels good in Greece. It's something that you don't explain. It's in your genes. Yeah. And there are so many family members that you have here this week. That must be a fantastic feeling to have such support and and have a, a bit of home here in Paris when he's on the road. Yes, that's true. Yes, of course. Of course, you have the best seat in the house, courtside, up close, cheering on your son, Steph. Julia, thank you very much for speaking to ATP Tennis Radio. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Yes. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio podcast. Available on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and ATPTour.com. Joining me now is Fernando Vicente, who is the coach of Andrei Rublev. Um, I just want to know, when he first came to you, what were your impressions of him? Okay, he came to us four years ago. He was a, the way he was looking, uh, like a kid, junior. And uh, no, I, I, I saw him before because uh, uh, my partner, he to told me about one player, Russian, skinny guy, hitting the ball hard. And I saw him be- before, but uh, my impress was nothing special. It was uh, one really young player to, to make him improve in, a, in everything. So how is it that you came to start working together? If you, if you saw him and you thought, OK, mm. he's, he's not up to much, what I have changed? One, I have one academy in Barcelona with uh, my partner, Galo Blanco and Jairo Velasco. The name is uh, Forest Slam Tennis Academy. So uh, after a few years, I was working, I mean, on the past, I was working with Granoles. And I wanted to stay at home because my wife and I, 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 I be, became father. So I wanted to start to travel. So in one point after six months, this uh, my partner, Galo, said there is one child, I mean, one uh, junior who is looking for coach. And uh, what do you think if you start to work with him? And I say, look, I don't know if I want it or not. But, uh, so we start for, uh, to talk and, let's, and, and we say, OK, let's invite him to come. Uh, we meet each other and we'll see how... I was the guy and we can try for a week and we'll see. And finding the right coach is so critical. What is the relationship like between you two? In my case with Andre, it's like more than a coach because uh, he was really young. He was coming to Barcelona long. So I take, I take care so much to him in all the, in all the ways. So now after, his, I mean, after these three years with, uh, with so many injuries and uh, we fight together because I believe so much on him. Uh, the relation, I can tell you, is more than a coach and a, I cannot tell you like a brother or whatever. But we have really good relation. Do you spend time together outside of, of, of tennis? We spend to, uh, together all day because at the end, and when he came to Barcelona, it's like I told you, he doesn't have friends, now not uh, even nobody. So I was really close to him and uh, also sharing with my family uh, sharing with my kid and uh, yes it's uh, until now now have a girlfriend living in Barcelona but uh, everything good and how's the Spanish the Spanish is improving you know we are traveling a lot but it's improving it's not easy for him because uh, when you travel a lot you sometimes you spend 
time with the, or we, most of the time we are talking in English or Russian, but uh, he improved. And what kind of things do you work on? You said when he came to you, he was just a skinny kid. I mean, he's still a skinny kid, no. really, if you if you think about it. The thing you have to, I mean, you put at him on court, and then you see how is his body, the way he he hit the ball, things to improve, mobility, uh, serve, uh, and then you as uh, soon you see all the view, so you have to start. So we make a plan with the physical trainer, with the my, my other coaches. So we make a plan to to think, wow, there is a lot of work to do uh, in front, so and it was nothing special, it's easy. When, like you said, when he came to you, he was hitting the ball so hard, he's still hitting the ball so hard, and I saw mm. you on the practice courts a few weeks ago hitting with him, and you were bent double, and you said, he's killing me. Yes, it's true, he's killing me, because he's younger than me, and I'm getting old, so on the past I was hitting well, but now I'm, it's not easy to control the speed, so that's why sometimes I play with him and I hurt injury, you know. But it's all right. And how good can he get? Because, of course, he won his, his title a couple of weeks ago in mm. Moscow. And that's such a pivotal moment, isn't it, in a tennis player's career, to get that kind of win and that title under their belts and then push on from there. What's what's next for him? I don't know, because, you know, you tell me how, how good can be. And for sure you speak with Shapovalov and you ask to him the same and you speak with another guy's young players how good. So... In my opinion, he can be really good, but it's going to be the mental part who's going to make the difference. Because at the beginning of the year, Andre was he, he, he was injured for a while, two, two months, and he was a little bit in trouble mentally. And, uh, and then as soon as he starts, maybe he need to felt in that point to wake up. And now he make a change on his mind. And you can feel that he's winning a lot on the second part of the year. But to telling you how big it's going to be, I see in other guys a lot of talent also of course and they have amazing talent too like uh, other ones and uh, I don't I, I mean it's not easy for coaches to say how how good he can be he's gonna be good he's good already but uh, if you compare from the from the old guys they they are 22 years old and uh, they still around 22 in the world so everything to improve we're gonna work a lot and we'll see how what happened when you said the difference is mental and something switched within him what was what led up to that? No, because at the end you have to grow. If there is a place they are more matures because the, his mentality is better. Depends education how you, how you are like a person. And uh, Andre is very nervous. He's uh, very stressed sometimes, and that's why sometimes he's behaving not in a really good way, in my opinion. But we try to to work on these things and to to make him more mature, like a person outside, and uh, all these things. And what will you work on during the off season? How do you how will you structure Oof. that? Uh, there is a lot of things. Uh, it's easy to to know what we want to work. I mean, uh, we want to work on the surf. We want to work uh, to come more to the net. We want to work. Still, very important for us to don the way he's hitting the ball. You have to take care so much his his body. So there is a lot of things, but we don't have a lot of time because this year is going to be tough. He's going to play Davis Cup, and uh, we're going to finish late. We're going to start earlier. So it's not easy. It's not that much time to work. We, we, it's better to do during the, the competition or when you are losing in, in some tournaments. I mean, it's going to be off-season, but uh, not many weeks. We'll see. And there is, like you said, there's a lot of tennis to play and it's very intense. 
he's playing doubles too. Do you think that's an extra strain on his body, or is that something that's that's no, benefiting him? Depends when you when you play. Like here, he lost first round. We're still in doubles here. We play with rest. It's, it's not that. Uh, I mean, maybe in, in some tournaments, yes, because you play Shapovalov is playing tonight, and we're gonna play against Shapovalov. Maybe it's, you're gonna say me it's not good, but they, they don't win anything like a big two. It's not easy to say okay. You lost in singles, and uh, I won like uh, I don't know how many tournaments like this one. So, for the moment, I'm agreed to play in doubles to because help his game to improve, serve, volleys, returns, all these things. So, we in if any if any point we feel that is not good for him, we will take another decision. And in terms of you as a coach, what's yeah. the best advice you've ever be, ever been given? You have to give everything. I mean, it's like uh, your life. It's uh, you to be tennis coach. It's many things. You have to be involved. You have to be close to the player. You have to understand how he is. You are, uh, you have to live a little bit his life. And one side is like I say before, is my friend, but I have to say things that he don't like. So it's like you need to be open mind. You have to know when to take the decisions to say the things. Like I mean, if you have a couples. You have to know her. I mean, to know him very well, and to understand when they are nervous or not. And uh, but it's many things. It's not that easy. It's the biggest indoor tournament in the world. A true sporting spectacle. The top eight singles players and doubles teams playing in front of 250,000 fans on site and watched and listened to by millions around the world. Join ATP Tennis Radio for live coverage all week of the NITO ATP Finals from the 10th to the 17th of November for more unmissable action. This is a really cautious point. The backhand slice from Federer drifts inside the baseline. Forehand down the line from Zverev. Zverev steps in on the backhand and goes down wow. the line for a winner. What a point from Sasha Zverev. The overhead smash from Nadal, defended by Monfils. Then Monfils goes cross court with a backhand down the line. Absolutely superb from Rafael Nadal. So thank you very much to Rebecca and for all her hard work this week. And just a reminder that ATP Tennis Radio exclusives channel on the TuneIn app. If you liked what you heard there, there is that and plenty more on that app. Right then, Miles, couple of weeks left. Next gen finals. The best, who I should say, are fit and healthy, taking part in Milan. The next gen finals. It's a lot of fun, this competition. And I think a lot of people looking at the wild card, Yannick. Sinner, the youngest of them, but what a prospect he is, and he could really upset the apple cart in Milan. I think so. Big game, and really looking forward. I think the you know the competition has been such a success from the start because the very first winner, Hyung Chung, he went on to we know what he did in Australia semi-finalist. Stefano Sitsipas following it up and, and continued with some great tennis. So I think you know the, these players are looking at it as though if I can do well, it's it's an indication. Um, but absolutely, Yannick Sinner, great game. Um, really, I think he's going to have a breakout year next year. But I still think, you know, Alex Dimonor, what a season he's had. Francis TFO in, in Group B. Those are the two guys to really look out for. But for me, Dimonor, who's, uh, as I said, three titles and how fired up is he at times. He'll be going there to win it. Um, but really looking forward to another great, great week in Milan. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You'll have commentary on ATP Tennis Radio. And then the NITO ATP Finals and the race to be year-end number one is still alive. 600 and 
40 points separate Nadal, who went back after Paris despite withdrawing from his semi-final to first place. Djokovic behind him. It's going to be fascinating. And, and I'm would not not wish an injury on anybody but the fact that Djokovic has come through has has, has kept that tight it's it's given it something else to uh given the players something else to play for in London which I think is, is great it's not a place where historically Nadal has had as much success as he's used to around the world but um I think it's we, we saw the sort of focus that it demand that Djokovic demanded of himself this week to get the job done and hopefully for Nadal that uh, that pull out was just a quick uh, it's one of those managing the injuries give himself a few days and, and he'll feel okay but uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot to play for and of course some new names in that uh, in London as well to look forward to. And we should also mention for those who listen to ATP Tennis Radio and regularly listen to the pod that we've got our predictions competition mm. that's been running through all the Masters weeks that I've never really got my head around despite the fact we <laughs> despite the fact we changed it this year did we make it easier this year I still don't really get it so the top basically you had to pick your winners through all the masters the top eight from the 30 40 odd people who were involved in ATP tennis radio tennis tv qualified for London um, I was nowhere I wasn't bottom Peter Mercato who will be with you in Milan providing commentary came bottom I think I was top of the bottom Top, middle of the bottom of the let's just say mid table that's good enough the top eight though look at you smiling the top eight go through to london you are among the top eight and and your prize is that how does this work against the top eight you get to pick in order of where you came one of the Great. eight so, so the person who's come out on top arvin palmer he's going to get the first pick he's going to go if you Djokovic. were number one you'd go Djokovic. Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to uh, for for the winner there. I mean, he's he's had such a he's had so many strong year-end finishes. He's won in in London multiple times. He's a six-time champion there at the World at the World Tour Finals, isn't he? And uh, so let's say this: this where did you come seventh? Yes, you picked seventh. So let's run. So first, you would pick Djokovic. If you came second, you would pick. I think Federer. Third. Medvedev. Fourth? Nadal. Ooh. Fifth? Team. Sixth? Zverev. So your pick will be? Tsitsipas, I think. Leaving Matteo Berrettini. As the last kid, as all the teams have picked, the last kid standing by himself. That's harsh, isn't it? Just waiting in the playground. <laughs> Just, you're going to be the last one. <laughs> so the last two stand there twiddling their thumbs. You snap up Sitsipas, or you believe that's how it might work out, yeah. and then Berrettini. Be and there are a couple of alternate Roberto Bautista group, we should say, not, not in our predictions competition. And Monfils currently are the two alternates, but by the time people listen to this, that might have changed because they, it's not compulsory for the alternates to go to London, but there are reasons to go to London as an alternate. Yeah, so some very good reasons. And if, you know, it is such a great event in, in a a great city so you know that they, they really enjoy themselves but I think uh, you know the, it's a real mix we've got Zverev uh, down the rankings but a former a former champion there and he was showing signs of some really good play um, second half of the season you know Dominic team improved on the hard court so he could be a threat I think for me Djokovic is is a clear favorite Federer likes indoors he's a multiple champion there Nadal with the we don't I'd also like to wait to see um, the conditions there because we're fortunate we get you know we're up and around we see if, if it's a low bouncing surface then that's Nadal does not like those conditions if it's really slow and high bouncing well that's a different different prospect I'm not allowed to pick but I think I'll pick if I could pick, well you I were allowed to you just didn't make the cut 
It's a bit harsh. <laughs> I was, I'm still allowed to go to London. I just can't have a say in this competition. Um, I, I think, I think Federer. I think. Why? Because I think in the time capsule that will also be opening in London, mm -hmm. when we had all these questions, the sort of random questions, sensible questions, I think I gave him the tour finals at the end of the year because I gave Djokovic all the grand slams. I think it's only that. Also, on a serious note, it's indoors. He loves mm. these conditions. Well, uh, he's coming off a win, isn't he? He cruised through bars on. I mean, uh, Djokovic made it look easy today. I think that final against the Dimonor in, in Basel was. Uh, about as easy an afternoon's work he's ever had. I mean, does it get much harder than facing Roger Federer in Basel? <laughs> I mean, it's just, if you, and then poor Alex Simonor's like, okay, right, here we go. You know, at, at least in, at least with Denis Shapovalov, there were a couple of people supporting him out there. It wasn't 100% Novak Djokovic. Um, I think, I think Federer, I just think he, he would like to end the season on a positive. He's talked about prolonging his career and changing his schedule up. And so I will give it to Federer in a close second, Medvedev. Wow, so you don't think Djokovic is going to, uh, who do you think is going to stop Djokovic or, or why? Crikey. Uh, well, it's not sinusitis. I think you'll have. I think you'll have fully recovered by that. I think you. I think Medvedev will stop Djokovic. Okay, because I mean, in some ways, of course, he, the early loss in Paris might do him a favour. He's won a lot of matches, hasn't he? He can gather his strength for a big push. There'll be a lots of adrenaline for for Medvedev as his first appearance at, at the finals. It's a, it's a great event. It just you know even the players who get to get sport all year round sort of enjoy getting there, and I think you know his game is. It's it's built on running and so a little bit of freshness in the legs. He, he will be a threat, I think. And we have incredible access at the Nito Tour Finals. It, as Miles said, we can really get in amongst it, be down there on the court. We can be on the practice courts. We can be outside the, the locker rooms. We can be absolutely everywhere. So we cannot wait for that. So I hope you can join us for that. But before that, 1.30 p.m. local time on Tuesday. That is day one. Did you give me a winner for next year? Is it Dimonor? Yeah, I think that's my, my safe bet, yeah. And I'll go Yannick Sinner to, to lift the title. And our producer seems quite happy with that as well. So we've got our predictions in. You can always join us in predicting anything on Twitter. It's at ATP Tennis Radio. We're always checking those. There's also an email, studio atptennisradio.com. Don't forget, ATP Tennis Radio is with you 24-7. We are never off air, but in terms of live commentary, we've got a couple of weeks left of 2019. We've got the Nito... ATP finals that we've just been talking about from a week on Sunday or if you're listening to this podcast next week from Sunday and 1.30pm local time Tuesday for the first day of next year and we look forward to your company for the rest of that and thank you Miles. Thank you, it's been fun. If you like this podcast please search the iTunes store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review. review.